special guest host. He's here. Yeah. It's Joshua Sasby, the founder of Barbarian Apparel, uh, perhaps uh, the company that's built with you in mind. And when I say built, they're constantly building product. And I'm talking about uniforms. I'm talking about gear. Um, what you've done with the brand Stalemates is nothing short of remarkable. You are showing him a breadth and showing everybody else what can be done and done the right way, including the flags. I love that. And everything else that you've been doing with him. We're going to talk a little more with Joshua Sasby, who'll be joining us as a guest host. Bo and Bill Bassett are going to be joining us. And of course, if you're following the saga that is Bo Bassett, you're going to find out that Bo is as driven as his dad, but they are as grounded as this sport allows you to be. In other words, you can be a big deal, but still be exceedingly real. And that's what makes wrestling so attractive to me. One of the guys that did it for Grandview was Jimmy Schusler back in the day of 2015, 2016. He joins us now on the Newsmaker Hotline, brought to you in part by our friends at Defense Soap. It's Defense Soap, also by Barbarian Apparel. Stay tuned. Uh, Jimmy Schusler joins us. Jimmy, good morning. How are you? Morning, Scott. I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm pumped up. The main event sponsor is in studio for the Stalemate Street League uh, event. What are your thoughts? They've been working on this thing for a while, but it's come to this. Tonight's the night. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Barbarian Apparel. Thanks for everything you guys are doing. I think sponsoring the singlets and one of the main sponsors. And I'm ex- I'm excited about it, Scott. It's going to be a good opportunity for an old older guy like me, postgraduate guy, to go out and see if I still got it and wrestle with a game opponent, Mikey England. Mikey England and I have been texting seemingly a for the most most of our adult lives but uh he was you know talking about his future in the ufc is there any interest by you of uh, transferring your talent your knowledge and working on a career in mixed martial arts no i think every wrestler maybe has it crossed their mind once or twice and i guess i had it crossed my mind once or twice but uh, I decided to go a different route with that. So it'll be fun to see what the MMA feel is like compared to a college wrestler, though. So And and you know what? It's, you've been there, uh, Josh, as well, dealing with mixed martial artists uh, from the wrestling community going into MMA. Uh, what you're seeing, what you're experiencing is the growth of both sports because I think of that uh, homogenization, homogenization, yeah, <laughs> I got to say the whole world <laughs> word all at once. Okay, but it's um, it's it's really kind of a neat deal to be able to see it from your point of view too, because you get to see these athletes grow their brand, right? Right, right. Yeah, I like to see the you know I work along with the wrestlers that are in MMA, so it's uh it's good for them to kind of uh you know cross brand into both. And what you're not looking for is uh, trouble in 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 those that you sign those that are identifying with your brand and you're identifying with them as well but uh you're looking for guys like a jimmy schusler or or bo bassett uh or mark ironside or whoever i mean names that are not just reputable but represent our sport in such a fashion that we can help promote it they can help promote it there is a responsibility right to the athletes and the fans exactly Mm. we've we've dealt with like joey davis you know he's the Ice Man. Yeah, the Ice yeah. Man. So he's, <laughs> he's a great kid. Well, actually, it's Joy Davis Black Ice, right? Yeah, Black yeah, Ice, Bla- yeah, Black Ice. We gotta... <laughs> His dad corrected <laughs> me on that a couple times. Don't make the mistake of taking Joy out to dinner, though, because it's going to cost you some money. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Schusler, our guest, uh, getting set to face Mikey England in a sold-out event, Jimmy. This is a pretty cool deal, but when you were uh, uh, wrestling with uh, Grandview, 
you guys drew quite a good crowd as well, right? Yeah, usually the stands at Sism Arena down at Grandview at the campus there at the university, uh, they were usually pretty full for home home duels. And then we hosted nationals a time or two when I was in college, and uh, we always had the biggest crowd. Grandview's got a big wrestling family. A lot of people come watch that don't have kids involved in the program anymore just because they're wrestling fans, and, and that's what they watch their boys do. So, Jimmy, talk to us about yeah. that. You were part of uh, Grandview Championship teams. Um, wrestling is thought of on, on campus uh, in, a, in a very bright light, right? I mean, it's highly respected. Yeah, it starts at the top. Coach Mitchell and Coach Reedy. Um, yeah, every, everyone thinks a lot of those two guys, they are highly respected, and it's mm-hmm. just because of how they carry themselves day in and day out. They're good coaches, but they're good dudes. They're family guys. They're faith-based, and that's how they lead their program, really. That's right. And that's why they've had the success they've had over the last 15 years. It's easy to coach uh, when you have nothing else to do other than promote your athletes mm-hmm. and uh, teach them all that you know. In other words, give that on. And if you think about, you know, who taught Mitchell, right? Uh, let's let's Yeah, face Coach it. Miller. Yeah, Millboy was uh, perhaps one of the greatest teachers of coaches that, you know, in my era anyway. It's like Bob Bubb. Today's Bob Bubb's birthday. And uh, there's a guy that, you know, hung out at Clarion as the head coach for a long time, but you know, he believed in what wrestling can do for the individual, what wrestling can do for the kid. And uh, if if taken correctly, and I've been on most college campuses that have wrestling, and uh, I, I love that experience of watching a coach and an athlete interact when they truly get it. And, Jimmy, you truly got it. You and is it your brother, and you are in business together? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a little uh, opportunity come along where an older guy has been in business a long time in the turf business was ready to kind of retire or slow down a little bit. And he ended up selling, um, kind of his turf company to me in a little great. Did we, did we lose Jimmy there? Yeah. There you are. are you there, okay. Scott? So the, he sold it. He sold the turf business to you. And what was the name Correct. prior to him? What is it now? It used to be turf services corporation out of Granger. Okay. Now we're, uh, Turf Works Incorporated, TWI, Sod Grading and Landscapes. All right, so let, let me ask you this about that type of business because I don't know. Um, do you own the land from which the turf is harvested? So we rent a couple of farms, and we do, we're do. we buying a farm right now on contract. So, when uh, you... so, yeah, we've got three different farms where we're growing the turf from, and then occasionally we'll, we'll grow, uh, go get sod from wholesalers in the area. So I've seen these fields, most notably off of uh, 8035 North Side uh, between 2nd Avenue and Merle Hay Road. And I see these fields, and they get lower and lower and lower every year <laughs> because part yeah, of that dirt, right. they, they keep it. What's it take to be a good steward of the land when you're literally harvesting the very dirt or land that you are growing your, your turf on? Yeah, that's a good question, Scott. That's actually kind of one of the main pushbacks that landowners would have for a turf farmer because they think uh, you're taking all their topsoil. Uh, But sod farmers got smart. They were trying to write off the depreciation of their land as a depreciable asset for tax purposes. The state didn't like that. They hired Iowa State to come in and do a couple different studies on how much topsoil you're actually taking. And I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, they came out with this study 
Iowa State says you really don't take a lot of that topsoil because of all the rhizonomous material that you're putting back into the earth. The bluegrass and the fescue saw that you're seeing in these fields, their roots will go 10 or 12 or 15 inches into the earth. Wow. So that kind of replenishes the organic matter that you're taking off the top. And then you see a roll of sod, you think there's maybe an inch of black dirt on the bottom. A lot of that inch of dirt that you're seeing is actually the roots and the thatch and that rhizonomous organic material. So you only take about a sixteenth of an inch of topsoil per cutting oh, wow. is what they uh, found. About the same as wind erosion with any sort of row crop. I'd see it. And, and Josh, I did. this is a learning experience for me this I morning. I had no idea. Right. And, and Jimmy Schusser, I guess, he's set to face uh, Mikey England uh, tonight in the very first edition of Stalemates Street League, brought to you by our uh, friends at Barbarian Apparel. And, uh, Jimmy, I, I want to switch up gears here just a little bit before we put a little closure on it. Do you, are you responsible for seeding that field again after harvesting uh, the sod? That's correct. It's just like any row crop farmer. Okay. Uh, there's compaction issues and then weeds and that kind of stuff. So we'll go in and disc and cultivate and uh, put our seed back down. And then it's a whole new process again. It takes two or three years. So. Is it a broadcast uh, application? Uh, we use like a drop seeder with a couple packers on each side and it drops the seed down through the middle and it packs it in as you go. It's got to be efficient because if it's anything like my yard, all the seed gets washed down to the bottom. And that looks real Correct. nice down there. <laughs> yeah, you just hope for a nice gentle rain after that. But guys have different way of doing it too, Scott. I'm not that's not the only way to do it. So no, don't uh don't quote me on all this. My my uh my wife's uncle up in northwest Iowa farms about uh, 10,000 acres. And some of it his, some of it's rented or what have you, but this this guy draws out his topographical maps by hand, the old-fashioned way, waterfall, uh the whole thing and and talk about people that are as concerned or more about erosion uh farmers are probably the first ones that you could talk to to get a good snapshot of what you know the condition of our farms really is uh jimmy schusler i guess mikey england how do you prepare for mikey england have you ever had a chance to wrestle with him before no it's funny because i've known mikey since we were just little little kids and we've been at tournaments youth tournaments, junior high tournaments, high school tournaments, and college tournaments, and sometimes same weight classes and sometimes different weight classes, and I've never tangled with Mikey. I've never danced with Mikey. So, um, yeah, I don't know a game plan. I know he's physical. I know he's going to be strong, uh, and he's the tough guy. We both pride ourselves on being tough guys. So uh, it's going to be a battle. There's, uh, There's a mutual respect, I think. Uh, but it's going to be a fight for sure. So there'll, there'll be fireworks. As it is a sold out event. I asked Zach, uh, the producer of the event, I said, am I going to need a press credential? And he said, <laughs> no, I think, I think he's got seat <laughs> for you. You know, people assume that I have to pay to get into events. I don't pay. Yeah. Uh, I've been <laughs> making payments for 30 plus years. <laughs> I got to watch Jimmy Schuster tonight and Mikey England wrestle at this event, the stalemate street league, which is a, uh, outstanding opportunity to watch some great former collegians wrestle guys that have in Mike England's case, an excellent opportunity to jump into the UFC as well. And it won't be too long. Mark my words, but he made something. He said, uh, he said, you may think that the Kyvan Gadsden, um, 
Downey. Downey uh, event or a matchup is the main event. He says, heck no. He says, I'm the main event no matter where I'm at, no matter what show. So you're one half of the main event, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's kind of the rumor going around, and that's what people are asking. When are we wrestling? When are we wrestling? And, yeah, we're the co-main event or we're the main event, whatever you want to call it. And I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be worth the price of admission. Well, and, and you guys literally are right before Alan Waters and Ian Parker. You're going in at 180. How tight are you on weight? I was uh, underweight before practice on Thursday. I, I didn't cut too much weight for this one, and that was – we were kind of joking around about that. I wanted Mikey to come down a little closer to his fighting weight at maybe 170 or 175, and uh, that didn't work out for his training schedule. So, yeah, we're going to meet at 180, and I'm feeling good. I'm on weight. I'm hydrated and ready to just go out and wrestle hard. For most guys that are seeking out a, a high-intensity uh, type uh, career. I there. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, but for most guys that are, you know, participating in the are you US. there scott we are here can you put your headphones on please i'm i'm he's i think we're losing him or he's losing us can you hear us okay tell you what why don't you um disconnect hello him, disconnect from him and redial him up would you please okay so jimmy schusler guest in studio joshua sasfi it's these kind of guys that barbarian apparel likes to get next to right yeah the, the Mikey Englands, the Jimmy Schuslers, but the other guys on the card are equally as good. Alan Waters, who had a tremendous career at Missouri, right? Yeah, I remember watching him. Oh, my goodness sakes. Ian Parker, uh, Jake Neiman, Nyman, Neiman. Uh, Peyton Rice uh, is going to face Colin Heideman at 200 pounds. I know we've had a change at, in at least one um, one bout. We'll get to uh, talk about that here shortly. But Chris Dardanes is coming down, and he'll be facing Colton McChrystal. And has McChrystal made a name for himself in wrestling beyond his active days in, in, in wrestling? I mean, he is just absolutely turning out to be a great coach. I love that. Yeah. And Kyvin Gadsden, who will be there no matter what, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be there no matter what. But Kyvin is wanting to be an athletic director, and I could see him in that role. I truly can. His father was one of my best friends, and I miss him every day. But uh, Kyvin is turning out to be everything that his dad wanted him to be. I love that. Jimmy Schusler rejoins the program. So your your weight is floating right around 175 to 180. You're, everybody's yeah, that's gonna be, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to be pretty comfortable on there. Is there a, uh, a bout on this card uh, for the first edition of Stalemate Street League? Is there a bout on here that you're you know waiting to see besides your own? Um, the last, really all of them are kind of interesting just because I think everyone's pretty evenly matched. And I think Zach did a good job finding the right guys to fit the right holes. Uh, you got a little bit of everything. You got all Americans, you got national champions, you got world team members, you got some high school studs, high school coaches. Uh, what I'm looking forward to most, uh, it's either going to be our inner squad between the two Grandview guys or... Uh, I'd, I'd have to say Downey and Gatson's going to be awesome. Well, let's, let's hope Downey shows up. Mm -hmm. There's some controversy out there right now whether or not he has the ability or the desire to even leave Baltimore. The Baltimore <laughs> brawler may, may be stuck at home. We'll see. And, and, uh -oh, and, and that I, sounds like Pat. Right, because this can affect the pay-per-views. And the pay-per-views on, on uh, Patreon are like three ninety nine. It's a bargain, right? Right, right. Yeah. 
And 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 I would think, Jimmy, that anybody on that card is well worth the price of three ninety nine, no matter if there's a Downey uh Kyvin Gadsden matchup or not. I'd love to see Colton McChrystal just one more time. I think the atmosphere is going to be pretty. Yeah, you've got a couple big big, big ten champs going against against each other, and then I think Alan Waters. He was a national champion, wasn't he? He was uh, University of Missouri. Yeah. So high level wrestling for three ninety nine, you can't beat it. One of the best stories in the country in collegiate wrestling, by the way, I think, is the University of Missouri. You know, literally on its deathbed when Brian Smith was ti- was was hired uh, some thirty years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. But he brought that program along with great hires in state of guys like Alan Waters, made Missouri relevant not only in conference but on the national level as well. And uh, these people absolutely love it. It's Tiger style wrestling right there. Jimmy, we're going to cut you loose, let you get back to work. I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight. What time will you arrive at the building? Doors are at six, but what time do you arrive? Did we lose Jimmy again? That was the best part of the whole show. <laughs> well, I think Wayans are at four. So Wayans sure are at four. Okay. Well, I'll probably get down there around five then. I don't want to see everybody standing around <laughs> covering their junk. <laughs> All right. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at here.com. That's here.com forward slash Casper. It's great hearing aids, great prices, and great service. Wherever you are in the country, they do it and do it right. Here.com forward slash Casper. And if you think that you have a hearing issue, Talk to my friends at here.com to help get you set with an appointment and make sure that you uh, are getting the care that you deserve and get your hearing back. You're going to be amazed at what you're missing until you get with my friends at here.com. How much time do we have left in the segment? Kira, are we two minutes? Okay. And is Jimmy back? No, Jimmy is, is head to, heading to the showers, even as we speak. Now we have a special guest in studio uh, shadowing you. A cure, right? Do you feel yes. nervous at all? Do you feel nervous at all that you're being Me? shadowed yet again? Peter Camp was doing it <laughs> for several weeks, and now that you're you're like the teacher on campus, that that feels it. It honestly feels kind of nice. Yeah, it feels it feels good to be. Well, you're respected within your profession, and especially in this building. And it starts with me. How about that? Aww. I know. I know. Aww. We need, like, a soundboard so I can, like, have a little, like, oh, like crowd noises. <laughs> That's up to you. You know where the equipment is in this building. I don't. I'm a visitor every Friday, and I appreciate that opportunity. By the way, it is USA Takedown with Scott Casper in studio. Joshua Sasby, he's founder of Barbarian Apparel. You've been able to work with uh, a, a variety of countries uh, and that's, I got to believe, pretty cool for you. But it's cool for me to watch you and your company grow. You've got a, a freestanding gym of your own, a freestanding room, where seemingly you have open room every single night. Yeah. It's we, crazy. We Mainly Tuesdays and Sundays. It's the local colleges. And and they, but they come in, and you get to see these kids develop even as we speak. And for me, is there a charge to come into an open practice or an open room? Uh, no. we It's free for the well, how does that little girl of yours get new togs? What's that? <laughs> it's it's kind of helps with the whole branding. You know, people are around it; they see it. So we do have a free stand standing store in there that you know, if people need some gear, they can come on in. Your wife and you have done a remarkable job in building this brand. Um, are you surprised how big you've gotten in the period of time you've been in business? It, it's amazing. I mean, I've, I I am surprised. You know. It's, but a lot of it's just been the connections I've made and, you know, just treating people. Yeah, the friendships and treating people, you know, the way you want to be treated. 
Well, one of the kids that gets it is Bo Bassett. He's up next on the show on the Defense Hope Newsmaker Hotline. You're listening to Joshua Sasby. I'm Scott Casper. Kira Jones at the helm of the mothership today, only on Iowa Sports Leader. Stay tuned. This is 1350 ESPN. More coverage of wrestling and MMA continues after this timeout here on USA Takedown, only on 1350 ESPN. Des Moines Sports Leader. All right, coast to coast, border to border, and all those ships at sea. America's number one program on wrestling and mixed martial arts is USA Takedown. I'm Scott Casper in studio today with Joshua Sasfi. It's pretty cool to see you again, Joshua, other than on a uh, uh, a Zoom call, mm-hmm. but in person, you know. I go out to the lobby, and you had already arrived, and uh, I always take a little bit of a break between one show and another, about a half-hour break. But it's great just to sit and chat with you in person for a change. Uh, do you enjoy being on the road? Uh, I I enjoy traveling. Yeah. I just don't enjoy the driving part. Now you go to <laughs> Denmark, right? Yes. And month. what what other countries have you been to because of wrestling? Uh, Budapest, uh, Paris. We usually we usually try to make the World Championships. Um, I actually was went to the cadets in Greece. Uh, probably I think two years ago. Well, you mentioned Budapest, Dateline Budapest, the men's freestyle portion of the Cadet World Championships drew to a close, and it was a three-horse race between Team USA, India, and Russia. And why was that? Because of a young man named Bo Bassett. Bo Bassett is the very model of a a wrestler, the kind of guy that the brand name Barbarian could get behind because there's, he's doing nothing wrong. He joins us now on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline, Bo Bassett. Bo, you and your dad are with us this morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm I'm good. Is this Bill or is this Bo? Oh, we're both on this line. So all right, great. And this is Bo then. Okay, Bo. Yes. Uh, first of all, congratulations on an outstanding effort uh, in Budapest. The race was exceedingly close, but you made it look easy. Wrestling guys that were a year, two years, in some cases even a little bit older, uh, you made him wrestle your game, and by God, you 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 won out. It's the first uh, cadet team title uh, in history for India, but one of the best performances I've ever seen by a wrestler was you. <laughs> That's yes, thank you so much. Um, it, it was great out there in Budapest. Um, like you said, it was really close team race, and we knew going into the final day that uh, I definitely had to get the win against the Russian um, in the finals, and the, a couple other things had to play out for us to place in the top three and end up you know maybe winning it and things like that but um yeah it was great uh great time being out there in budapest and it was a really fun experience and us wrestle at the cadet level being super young was was really cool as well so now did you have to sign off on this and bill you jump in too did you have to sign any special forms that would uh alleviate or hold the producers of the event harmless should any any uh, problem take place uh, yeah, so this is this is Bo's dad, Bill. Um, yeah, we had to sign. There was actually four consent forms. Uh, Bo's 14 years old, and the age group for cadets is 17 and below. So it's primarily it's usually 16 and 17 year olds. If you're 15, you don't have to sign a waiver yet, but a 14 year old does, and it's very rare that 14 year olds make the cadet world, uh, the world championship. So we had to sign waivers. For the UWW, and it, yeah, it was kind of interesting. We had to get a doctor to sign off, and trainers to sign off, and and then my wife and I had to sign one as well. So it was 
That was definitely interesting. And because of that waiver that you signed, you were able to wrestle up, okay? At 45 kilos, you became the second American. I want you to listen to this, folks. You became the second American to claim a cadet world title that week. You earned two pins and a tech fall on, on route to, en route to the finals with the youngest competitor in the bracket. You were only 14 years old at the time, but at the end of it, I got to believe you felt like you were 16. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely crazy. Um, yeah, I was the only one in the whole entire weigh-in line. Um, so the, the whole day that I was there at the weigh-ins that, that had papers and, you know, everybody's looking at why he had papers and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely cool. Um, it was definitely a young dude and, uh, you know, the baby face thing. So I love that. And I, by the way, thank you for sending and posting pictures. I was communicating with your dad, even as you guys were on the ground in Hungary. And uh, it's that special relationship uh, on this program that um, I'm afforded uh, opportunities like that. And believe me, I do not take them lightly. It's special indeed to be able to know that, you know, your guy is literally doing the level best representing the United States of America. How proud were you to represent Team USA? Um, I was super proud. Um, it was great. It was like a dream come true. You know, ever since I was six years old um, and I saw that you can, you know, go to that level and, and wrestle overseas, um, it was a dream of mine. And then when I made the team um, back in, I think it was April or May, um, you know, it didn't really hit me. Uh, it didn't really hit me until, you know, I was getting on the plane and, you you know, you see how long it is and it's an eight-hour flight. Um, overseas, and that's that's when it really hit me, and uh, I was just so proud, so so happy to be at the World Championships and to you know chase my dreams. You know that eight-hour flight you're talking about. I've been to Afghanistan, I've been to Iraq, I've been to Iran, and uh, these USO flights generally are ten to thirteen hours, and that was an eternity for me. But thank God for business class. But the the wrestlers coming back from Tokyo, many of them like Kyle Dake. 27 hours from takeoff to touchdown. 27 hours. Yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine that. I mean, eight was really bad for me. So 27 would be, yeah, that would, that's, yeah, that's really bad. So Coach I, I just, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, I don't know if we got business class. Um, I know there was business class and first class on there. I'm not sure if we have business, what we had, but I mean, obviously you have the TV screen and stuff and the seats are nice, but still for me, I'm, I can't sleep in cars and planes and stuff like that. So it was a long eight hours for sure. You're like a caged animal is what you are. You're just wanting to get out there and stretch the muscles. We're talking with <laughs> Bo Bassett became, uh, becoming the second American to claim a cadet world title in Budapest, Hungary. And, uh, you know, we've been in your corner for a while now. Uh, Gable once said, Coach Gable once said, good news, you're wrestling today. Bad news, you got the Russian. Well, in the finals, you did have the Russian. Matter of fact, you wrestled for gold. You squared off against uh, Azhenov in a battle that was pivotal to the team race. He was the third wrestler to score the first takedown on you in the tournament, but similar to the others, he fared rather poorly in the end result. What was it like giving up that takedown to him? What did it do to you and your mental state at that point? Yeah, um, you know, Ashnyov is a great opponent. Um, obviously, the Russian was, was really cool to wrestle him in the finals, the classic America versus Russian thing. But to give up that first takedown um, definitely, you know, got me in the zone. Uh, we were going hard. The guy's a really good wrestler. Obviously, making the world finals, he's a scrapper. You know, he, he shrugged me by, I think, and, and took me down on a little shrug by. But, uh, you know, I just had to keep going, keep my pace rolling, and, uh, you know, just keep firing, keep attacking. And I knew eventually that uh, he would break and I would be able to uh, open the match up. So opening up uh, with that takedown, he had scored first and got your attention. You stormed back then, 
earning two points on a go-behind, and you quickly followed it up with a set of exposure points off of another one of his shots. Talk to us about that, because what you're doing is setting him up for your success. Yeah, so he got in deep. Um, like I said, he's a really good wrestler, making the World Finals from Russia. Um, he got in super deep. It was a great shot by him, um, and I just had to stay stingy in there. Um, obviously, I'm in those positions a lot. Uh, we do a lot of play wrestling with young guns and compound and things like that, so I was ready for it. Um, he had me deep. He had my leg in the air, and he was trying to hook it. And uh, just at the last second, like I said, I've been in that position a lot. I knew exactly what to do. Um, you know, I just got my hips out of there, and I ended up going behind. So it was a really nice scramble, really nice flurry for me. But uh, I was just really, really, you know, I was really, I don't know, I could say I was really seasoned in that position, and I definitely knew what I was doing, um, even when the guy's really deep on me. So as that much, one goes to play wrestling. And, and, Josh, as much as this was a freestyle event, he still found a way to put a little bit of folk style in on the deal. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. I yeah, love, exactly. <laughs> I love that. And and the fact that you finished with a cement job, you know, that's 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 so USA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um I was at the Nittany Line Wrestling Club um two days before I left. Um sometimes I go up there and I scrap with some of their smaller guys like uh, you know, Gilman and guys like that. Um and uh, I go up there and David Taylor was there and he was leaving for Tokyo pretty soon as well. Um like I said, I was two days out from Budapest and uh he told me, you know, to make sure I, I, I still wrestle folk style, even though it's freestyle, and I don't get too too overwhelmed with the word freestyle and only try freestyle moves and things like that. So, you know, I kept that in my head and, uh, you know, I ended up getting the cement job to end it. Um, the move that actually set up that scramble, uh, we call it, it's called a head lever, but we call it the Nico. Um, after Nico Megalutis, who yeah. we saw hit it um, in Rec Hall, uh, we saw him hit that move. Um, he just basically, it's a head lever and he runs it up over the head. Um, and his arm was there, the Russian's arm was kind of dangling when I was hitting a, a uh, leg lace and it just kind of set it up, you know, I ran it up and then I ended up getting the cement job <laughs> off that scramble. But just using that folk style is, is very important freestyle. Oh my goodness sake. It's, it's like talking to a 30 year old veteran. <laughs> 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 Bo, I love you, brother. I do. I do. And Bill, uh, is it, is it easy to keep Bo motivated or does that even come into, you know, the part of the conversation where it seems like he's always on the go? <laughs> no, it's, it's super easy. To be honest, he, he keeps me motivated. He keeps me going. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing about Bo that makes him a little bit different than anyone I've ever been around as far as as a coach, as a teacher, as, you know, being around the sport a long time is he's the most internally driven individual I've ever been around these 14, you know. So that's the thing. Like people, you know, you, you oftentimes you get people that, you know, run their mouth and say like, oh, they work too hard and they do this and they do that. But and unless you truly know Bo and you know what he does every day, then you you wouldn't even say that because you understand that you know he's the one that gets up and he's the one making you know mind and practices up and and all that stuff. So no, that's never ever been an issue. And you know I think his energy is just kind of contagious to his teammates, and yeah. I know it's definitely contagious to his coaches as well. And his parents, I gotta believe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's so easy to feel the smile through the phone. Uh, to, on FaceTime, I can see it, but man, I tell you what, it's so, it energizes me. It tells me I'm at the right place, even after all these years, to be able to be energized by somebody like Bo. What a great kid. Um, with that win, and, I, and I've done my homework, I can't find anybody younger than you that has uh, won a cadet world championship. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, so I'm the youngest cadet world champion, and uh, yeah, the youngest one ever to do it um, in the USA and in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I was always ready for it. Wrestling in the best room. I believe in the world. And, uh, 
You know, I wrestle a lot of college guys. I go to college practices as well. So <laughs> I was definitely ready for the older guys. 14 years old. Okay, so to know Bo, I know Bo. That should be a barbarian apparel a slogan based on an entire line of products. Is it legal for Bo to have his own line of clothing at this at, at this age? Uh, I don't know. Not a hundred percent sure. I'm not actually sure either. It's, yeah, Bill, what, do you know anything about that? Because he's so marketable. He's easily one of the best brands going. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, so we did like a little. They did a fundraiser for Bo, and they kind of sold some um, Bo shirts leading into the championship. You know, leading into Budapest. And believe this or not, like there was over 400 shirts sold in, in something like 30 different states. Like it was crazy the amount of reach that people were reaching out to get these shirts. Um, but as far as, um, you know, high school, junior, middle school level kid, I, I don't, I'm not sure, especially now with the, you know, the NLI thing, right. it just, you know, just got approved, but that's pretty interesting. I don't know. It's all new. It's, it is so new, and therein lies the challenge for the manufacturers, guys that sponsor young athletes. And uh, Barbarian Apparel has been a leader in, you know, making sure these athletes have an opportunity to buy product, to retail product at an affordable rate, so they do get the benefit. And that's the dollar made, right? Because a lot of them are self-funded. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, we're, we're still new to it. It's like, I don't. It's a brave new world. Yeah, you know, you don't know exactly what you can do because you really haven't gone through a season. You're also seeing, like, football, high school football players, you know, not, you know, playing their senior year to go to college so they can make, you know, their money. Um, so it will be interesting to see how this year plays out. Um, you know, like right now we have Gas Tank Gary. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, a, he's an Ohio boy, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, when we think about uh, the Barbarian brand, you guys partner up with great people that it's it's easy to respect. It truly is. Yeah. Whether it's a, a female athlete or a male athlete, it, you know, I think that distinction is falling further and further away from our lexicon. And I thank God for that. Tamara, T Tamira Mensa Stock will be on next week. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk to her about that. Being wrapped in the flag is a special responsibility and special opportunity. But being wrapped in a barbarian apparel made flag, so it can fly high like the yeah. Stalemates event coming up tonight at at, at uh, uh, Forte, a sold-out Stalemates event. You can watch it on pa Patreon. But to be affiliated with this event and for them to be affiliated with you, it's a win-win. Oh, yeah. How is And, Bill, what's the name of your gym? Is it Compound? It is the compound, and yes, I mean, you know, I know that some of the compounds has actually gone through Josh and got some barbarian gear together. Yeah. Okay, and, yep. and believe and believe this or not, I think when when barbarian apparel came out, uh, Bo and, and a couple guys from Ohio were on like an all star team back when they were younger, and I think they wrestled Bo wrestled on the original barbarian uh, like youth all star team, and it was it was pretty crazy to look back because like there were some freaking hammers on that team i'm not sure josh might be able to answer that more but i, I think I'm so was that was that the one with the similar singlet to the stalemates with the it was. yeah it had the it, i love mom tattoo on the back it was and, <laughs> yeah there were guys like uh shogger, yeah, was shogger. On there and P, pj duke and like now these guys are like the you know number one kids in the country they're they're winning fargo winning worlds it was pretty cool yeah. to look look you know look back at, at that you know that team picture yeah i saw that still pops up I know your 5 a.m. Uh, workouts pump me up every day. I was like, man, I'm, I'm an hour behind. 
I get, I wake up at five. Yeah. yeah, I wake up. I'm just not, I'm not in the room like those guys are. You well, know? come on now, you're biking. You're biking. Yeah, I am. Uh, you're biking throughout Iowa right now. By right, the way. that's what I'm going to be doing. It's after fantastic. This. The bike trails. Our guests on the Defense Slope Newsmaker Hotline, Bo and Bill Bassett. Uh, you might know Bo uh, for sure. Uh, you know, one of those that is behind him in a big way is his dad. Uh, talk to us about your brother. How excited was he for that trip and to see you uh, compete as you did? Yeah, he was super excited. Um, we weren't sure if he was going to be able to go um, after the world team trials with COVID and everything, but uh, he ended up getting approved, him and my mom, and obviously my dad came. So all four of us came, and uh, it was a really great trip. Um, we spent 12 days in Budapest, and uh, you know, I stayed with them, and it was a really fun trip. Um, it was business, um, but we, we were still having fun as well um, in the downtime and stuff. But he was super excited to be there. Um, he obviously, one of his goals is to, is to be at a world championship as he gets older to the cadet and uh, level and stuff like that. But one of his goals is to one day run the flag around and, and be a world champ as well. Um, I definitely think that, that he's capable of that. Um, I'm working with him every day, but he was, he was super excited. Um, emotionally, he was, he was going pretty crazy. He was, he was going <laughs> wild. I could hear him in the crowd um, after I won the world title. And uh, yeah, he was just overcoming emotions. But you know, it was definitely his goal to one day be at a world championship. And I travel overseas like I did. I remember watching Zeke Jones running around the mat up at Iowa State while his brother was wrestling. And you knew that little kid. You knew that little kid was going to be something great because of his intense love for not only his brother, but what his brother was doing. And I love that. Bo, it's always good to talk to you. Congratulations. Where is that medal now? The medal's up in my room on my dresser right now. <laughs> um, you know, keeping it close. Uh, same with the belt. But, uh, yeah, super excited that, to have those. Um, yeah, anyone can, can go out and buy a medal, but it's what it says on the medal and it's the meaning behind it. So, you know, saying cadet world champion and obviously the belt, um, it's just really, really amazing things that, that I always wanted to have, you know, ever since I started wrestling. On behalf of the wrestling community, our friends of Barbarian Apparel, Defense Soap, et cetera, we're all so very proud of you. Thank you for joining us on the program today. It's so great to be able to talk with you. And thanks for the pictures, too. Yes, thank you guys for having me. Um, it's great. I told you I'd be back, and here we are. But thank you very much. <laughs> 14 years old, talking like Amazing. a 30-year-old. Bill, thank you, bud. Bud, I appreciate it, Coach. Ab absolutely. What a great day for wrestling. Bo Bassett, Bill Bassett on the phone line. Joshua Sasby in the studio. We're going to take a quick timeout. Defense of Newsmaker Hotline will stay in the studio as we continue our conversation with Joshua Sasby, one of our, our longtime sponsors. And this is the... Well, the calm before the storm, the stalemate street league coming up tonight on this August 13th. Stay tuned. More after this. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two-time world champion Terry Brand said, we use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. so loud <laughs> Kara Jones doesn't have headphones on her uh, shadow has the headphones so she can't hear how loud the music is but we appreciate that she's teaching today as we are watching it take place in front of our very eyes Joshua Sasfi in studio uh, one of the founders you and your wife were the co-founders of of uh, Barbarian Apparel you and I first met in Los Angeles and uh, Couture was uh, the the uh, 
MC of the event and what a job he did, right? Yeah, he was, that was awesome. And Danny Henderson was there, Frankie Shamrock, you know, all, all of our old friends that literally have been. Matter of fact, Dan Henderson, Matt Lindlin, and Randy Couture own Team Quest. And they were one of the very first sponsors of this show, thinking that wrestling could benefit from a program that talks about wrestling and mixed martial arts. And you know what? I think they were with us for like nine years. Oh, wow. Even when they, the three, you know, tore themselves apart back when there's a bit of angst between Henderson and, and Linlin and, and, and Couture, but now seemingly they're back together again, but not as Team Quest. Yeah. You know, that, that history of those that have, have uh, produced uh, money and then sponsored this program with that allowed us to grow to what we've become. And I can't thank them enough, but Couture was leading the charge that night and uh, in walked Frank Jasper. Mm-hmm. And he's carrying a log, like he, much like he did in Vision Quest. And it was Couture that ended up making the winning bid. I said, how do you know that's the same log? He says, I don't know that. <laughs> he said, you just paid 10000 bucks yeah. for something that's going to be in the corner of your office. You're thinking, what am I going to do with that? I'm 75 years old. What am I going to do with that log? Well, Frank Jasper was quite appreciative of the fact that it was Couture that got that log, and we are too. Um, you were there. Your wife was there. Um, did you? What did you notice about that night? I know what I noticed, but what was the thing that stood out most about the event and the people in attendance? Uh, it was just how much you know support USA Wrestling has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the camaraderie. Yeah, the camaraderie. Uh, it was it was definitely a fun night. Everybody. You know. I, I really don't remember who else was at our table. Oh, uh, we had Rich Estrella. Rich, I think he's the All one right. that kind of got me to go to that event. And Rich, a great I, guy. I, I actually don't remember who else. I think UWW was there too. The some of the yeah, they some came of the in. big big muckety mucks yeah. of UWW. I can't totally remember who was at it. I mean, yeah. it was. I think, it was I think the we whirlwind. were. Yeah, it's just. People you know, driving up in their electric cars. Yeah, everybody was just talking to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> felt like we were all at the same table, really. Many of us were in tuxedos. Oh, yeah. I was. That's why my wife wanted to go. So you, she it, could yeah. see you in a tuxedo? Yeah, forced me to dress up. <laughs> but it was a night that was given over to uh, the romance of the sport, but it was in, in part uh, driving the force of the and the desire to promote wrestling to the masses to make sure we retained a place in the Olympic program because at that time it wasn't clear that we were going to uh, be able to uh, not only maintain, but to be able to grow our presence, which we have done since, but it's events like uh, at the forum in LA, uh, you know, the world Cubs cup, uh, this event, the dinner we're talking about or wrestling at the grand central terminal in New York city against the Russians and the Canadian, I think it was a Russian Canadian team combined. But being able to announce those events for me was a real pleasure because the passion I have for the sport, I think you share this, the passion I have for the sport is real because I see what goes into it. It's not the three or seven minutes you see on the mat or less sometimes. It's everything that goes into that three or seven minutes. Talk about a sport boiling it down. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's it's exciting to see what they've done, you know, just well, how a, far we've it, come. It's kind of like watching the Stalemate Street League and Stalemates as a brand grow, you know. The intention of having Zach in the studio was for sure to teach him that which I know, but to impart upon him that that passion. Guess what? I didn't need to impart anything on that kid. Dude knows it, gets it, understands it, loves it, and is well-connected as well. But I made sure he kept every one of these scripts, well, the personal phone numbers on them, 
And uh, it's always surprising. Well, how did he get that number? Oh, that's right. He was on the show. Yeah. But Zach has got an event coming up that is brought to you in part by our friends at Barbarian Apparel. Uh, you like to get behind the underdog, don't you? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, up and coming. You yeah. know, it, it was interesting. It caught my eye, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, I liked his little kind of satire on things. And, you know, he's just he had a, a new, fresh perspective to it. So we, we got to know each other. And, and that's the thing I got out of him too. And for what, seven months, uh, he was a part of the show. Um, you know, I enjoy, it's not just my barber yeah, high and tight, but, uh, dude's become a friend. I love Zach and his way of looking at our sport. It is that fresh perspective. We'll see it on display tonight at stalemate streak league. Today is Friday the 13th, kind of a dangerous day to plan anything, let alone oh, yeah. a, a wrestling event at Forte. Well, the event itself is sold out. Patreon is three ninety nine to be able to watch the event on Patreon. I don't know who's doing the commentary. I don't know who's doing the uh, the PA announcing. Uh, at first, I was like, you know, if you want me to announce, he said, well, we've already got somebody. I said, well, that's cool. Now I can just watch. Yeah. I love to watch. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Well, it starts off with guys like Jake Agnich uh, against Garrett Owens at 145. 133, we've got Sammy White versus Dylan Cox. Blake Sorensen. And Jonathan Dennis will go at 2.30. I mean, that's not a catch weight. That's the weight that they're they're hunting for. De, uh, Derek Huber and Dakota Freest at 200. That'll be a great match to watch. I like the bigger guys, but fun guys, little guys, the fun size wrestlers, okay? I like watching them compete, man, because they're bouncing around oh, the yeah. match. I remember the first time I announced Spencer Lee in a live event. It was at the Grand Central Station down in St. Louis, and it was a one-off event, or at least we thought it was going to be a one-off event. Turns out it was more. David Miracatani produced it. The benefit uh, went to Randy Couture's uh, Extreme Couture um, uh, Fighting uh, Foundation for the uh, troops, the GI Foundation. And uh, I remember introducing him. I'm standing with a spotlight in my face, and I can see this kid on my right coming running at me so fast, I'm thinking something's wrong. And he stops short of running into me. As I'm introducing his opponent, so that was Spencer Lee. As I'm introducing his opponent, uh, from the left, here comes his opponent. But I'm thinking I'm doing a pretty good job. Well, at that point, Spencer Lee drops down into a crouch, and like a coiled spring, he launches himself up so high that his feet are equal to that of my head. And I, it literally interrupts my train of thought and my announcement, and I say, to the fans, I said, well, that's something you don't expect to see every day. And I go back to announcing his opponent, but it was my first uh, understanding of how explosive Spencer Lee is. I think, do you think that there is a uh, a Spencer Lee and Bo Bassett? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I mean. Are we putting too much on him? I don't I, know. I, I think he's he's doing it himself. You know, he's, you know, 14 years old, winning a, a gold at, at the cadets, uh, you know. He's, the passion seems to be there. Uh, you know, if I've, I follow him along on their social media, it, you know, that even his, uh, you know, his teammates, they seem to be buying in, you know, it's like, it doesn't seem like a struggle for them. They're, they just, they just live wrestling. They love it. Uh, Listing in California, I just got a text message from Johnny Ruggiano of, uh, Tight Mercury Wrestling uh, Club. Johnny's the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everywhere you yeah. go, there's Johnny. Yeah, I love Johnny. And, and sometimes he's been there for days before we even yeah. get there. But uh, good morning to Johnny Ruggiano. Good morning to uh, the Phantom Street artist, Joey Krebs, out in L.A. as well. I know they listen on a regular basis, as does uh, Calabas High School. 
We appreciate the West Coast. We appreciate the East Coast. But in Pennsylvania, in Ohio, you're literally in uh, one of the great heartbeats of the sport of wrestling. Can you feel that in, in Ohio? Oh, yeah. 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 We're, we're in southern Ohio. So, you know, the the hammers typically are up north. But right. we're, we're working our way. <laughs> you know, we actually had that. The flow had that RTC cup there, which was kind of cool to get everybody in town and you know most of the schools used my my new room i love it uh so it's pretty cool you know we're kind of centrally located to all the universities so you know it makes it easy for them to get to and get back from everybody can get there pretty reasonably there's a match that takes place tonight i'm looking forward to at 170 that's tanner werner and gunner wolfenberger okay now wolfenberger and i go back to his little kid aau days and he still has pictures of me interviewing him at the end of the event, there's a whole long line of kids that just wanted to be interviewed on the big screen, right? And T- and Tanner or Gunner was one of those kids, but they look back upon their memories with great fondness. That tells me that they are taking time to smell the roses. Spencer Lee's doing just that too. Mm-hmm. He's walking uh, very quietly uh, into the NIL Brave New World of name, image, and likeness, and doing it the right way, but mm-hmm. enjoying it along the way, learning from the process. That's huge, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like they, you know, they, they teamed up with Ironside, which, you know, he's, he's Iowa. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was a big deal. Me being Herky for three years. No, yeah. Being Mark Ironside is a big deal. Yeah. 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 There's a reason I had to wear a uniform and a head over, over my head. And that's, you know, to hide the greatness that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 200 pounds tonight at Forte at Did was that me? Did I press the wrong button? Probably, blame it on me. Peyton Rice versus Colin Heideman. 155, we'll see Jack Hurley and Jake Neiman. Uh 180. I think this will be one of the great matches of the night. Mikey England, UFC bound Mikey England, uh and Jimmy Schusler are going to be uh, uh going at it. Schusler coming fresh in off the sod farm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got those back muscles now promoted by the rolls and rolls yeah. and rolls of heavy sod. That's not a, you know, I'd go through pairs of shorts just because having that sod up against your body and while you're sweating, I'd, I'd ruin every pair of shorts I've ever had. I'd have to have a, an ongoing open account with barbarian apparel. I truly <laughs> would. Ian Parker is set to face off against the power that is Alan Waters out of Kansas. And uh, University of Missouri, what a job he did down there. Chris Dardanes is set to face Colton McChrystal. Remember when Colton McChrystal, the conversation about Colton was, where was he going to go to college? You know, he'd taken visits to Nebraska, he'd taken visits to Oklahoma, to OSU. Uh, he'd taken visits to uh, South Dakota, Iowa State. I mean, it really was open uh, commentary on him and the process. Um, the process, I think, is a little bit easier today. But the transfer portal has making uh, is making it easier for that decision. Should it be the wrong decision for the athlete to back up on that decision and make a second choice? Four or five, maybe six. Some people had a seventh-year opportunity. Think about that. Seven years of opportunity at the collegiate level thanks to COVID. Isn't Kemmer? Yeah, Kemmer. I think he's one of them. That's he is one that. of them. Uh, Boo Llewellyn from OU, who we just had on the show last week, I think it was, uh, has decided and elected to not take it. He says he's tired of opening up the books, tired of going to class. He's just tired of learning. (laughs) That describes my collegiate career from day one. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the rules for tonight's event include the collegiate rules of folk style. There is a push-out point. Last three matches go 2-2-2. 
first nine matches are one, two, two in terms of time. Are you saying five minutes? Okay. And the riding time will be accumulated. <coughs> now, I don't know much about Sticker Mule, but uh, two of the great partners in promoting this event and preparing for it and actually paying for it are Barbarian Apparel. Uh, as you and I mentioned as we come to you live today from the Wild Rose Casino Studios, that Barbarian Apparel likes to get behind the underdogs or some of those that are speaking a little less on the on the uh, uh, and less loud, I should say. Uh, but from the the Greco side, who is your prediction uh, for the future of Greco in our country? Well, I mean, I think our guy, you know, Hancock, you know, yeah. he, he's uh, has he's, he decided on his first name yet? It's hard. It's hard to keep up with him. Yeah. I just, I just call him by his last name most of the time. <laughs> it was just it was kind of funny when he was in uh, Cincinnati visiting. Uh, he got on his, you know, he, he was leaving, and I get a call, and I was like, "Is uh, Miss Hancock in the in the airport?" Or, you know, in the airport. I was like, "Yeah, well," I was like, "He's a guy." Yeah, I was like, but apparently he was he was sleeping at the gate, <laughs> missed this flight. Right. Call calls me. He's like. He's like, yeah, I, I think they were looking for a woman, and so they. But that time they, he was going by Tracy. Yeah, yeah. Well, his airline is, you know, his flight was. It said Tracy, so. But he ended up get, get, and getting. Some home. people call him D'Angelo. Yeah. Some people call him DT. Yeah. You know, other people like you just call him Hancock, and I think that's safe waters for yeah. me. I really do. Yeah. And, and are there uh, who's on the roster as far as barbarian apparel well, athletes now? We got Patrick Martinez. He's right there too. You yeah. Know? Uh, and then. Uh, uh, Rayvon Perkins, you know, Love another, Perkins. Another, another Greco guy, you know, he, he, he does great. Uh, he's healing up right now. Um, and then we got Lauren Louise. She, she's actually probably going to come tonight to the event. She uh, loves to put pictures out there on the Facebook of her yeah. and jeans riding horses. She's, she's a cowgirl. Oh my sure. goodness. She, she, she loves Iowa. She looks even, great. Even chaps. though she's from Ohio. She's so talented. Yeah. She, she will lure you into a false sense of security with her looks and then she'll kick yeah. your butt. Oh yeah. Yeah, you don't mess with Lauren. <laughs> no. So, and am I am I missing anybody well, else? Well, right yeah, now? yeah, we got Tyler Graff. Yeah, and then uh, Precious Bell, and then also we got Earl Hall. Earl so, Hall. You know. Earl's m moving back to Iowa. I understand. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his uh, fiance, significant other, is with a company called Wait for It Here dot com. Imagine that. Yeah, nice. That was the deciding factor, by the way, of whether Here dot com was going to advertise on our properties. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that not only did she know, uh, obviously from what Earl told her, but she'd been listening to us all these years anyway. So I'm really, really pleased that Earl's significant other, I'm not using her name intentionally, uh, is, is a fan of the program, but she understands that wrestlers are as loyal to a brand as they can possibly be. And we're loyal to the brands like Barbarian Apparel because we know of your motives. When you make a product for somebody, you're using the, the best uh, uh, components available, whether it's the material itself or the, uh, uh, what did they call the process of adding color to? It's, uh, is that sublimation? Sublimation for okay. most team stuff. You know, the, and, and we've, uh, early on it was Brood Apparel. They were one of the very first to make a sublimated uh, yeah, singlet. That was my first sublimated was singlet. It? Yeah. When, when you think about how the life of a singlet has progressed in terms of the ease of making it and the comfortability for the athlete wearing it, I think it's a big deal, and I appreciate what Barbarian is doing and what Barbarian has done. Thank you so much yeah. for uh, your friendship, number one, your, you and your wife, and a special shout-out to your darling little girl. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's amazing. <laughs> All right, so what, about 30 seconds here, Kara? A full minute. Okay. 
I want to tell you that this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Barbarian Apparel, but also by Northwestern Mutual, Wild Rose Casino and Resorts, uh, who just added another concert or two to the uh, roster, by the way, at all locations. So check out uh, Wild Rose Casino and Resorts, Emmitsburg, Clinton, and Jefferson, Iowa. Also by our friends at PBS Landscaping, Mullet's Restaurant on Des Moines Southside. While you're here, you should go to Mullet's Restaurant on Des Moines Southside. Longtime sponsor of this program as well. But they are wrestlers preparing food the way wrestlers want to eat after a match. Nice. Kevin Dresser loves that food. Loves it. They open for lunch? Oh, you betcha. I have never had so many French fries in my entire life. (laughs) Or hash browns. Oh, man. Danny Bishop, the former producer of this program, just salivates over their their hash browns with or without cheese or gravy. I tell you what. Go down and see our friends at Mullet's Restaurant. Also by Hassle-Free Marketing. By Mark Cody and his Presbyterian College Blue Hose Wrestling Program by Defense Soap. We've been listening to us on Iowa Sports Later. This is 1350. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up next. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short time off. Turn it up. That's what I'm talking about. Woo. Tell you what, welcome back to the show. We are in the Wild Rose Casino Studios here at 1350 ESPN Radio in Des Moines, Iowa. Appreciate you listening to us each and every week. So many of you have for all these years, and we appreciate that. It's Casper and Jones in the studio, and we have a special uh, shadow here today. And can you introduce your shadow? Oh, yeah. Or maybe do you want him to introduce Yeah. He, let's, he's let's he's an on, adult. Yeah, he's an adult. <laughs> Tell us your name. I mean, legally, yes, I am an adult. Uh, my name is uh, Gable Thompson. I go to Drake University, and I'm studying digital media production with a minor in English. Were you named after Dan Gable? Yes, I was. My dad was a huge wrestling fan. Like, he just adored the sport in high school. You know how many Gables I've met in my life? How many? It's an, it's an amazing collection of Gables. And, and up and down the weight classes, uh, by the way, Drake doesn't have wrestling right now, but Gable's right hand for so many years was the head coach there at Drake and uh, a great athlete as well. But, um, yeah, Gable is, was my coach in, in college and has become a, a, a dear, dear friend. But we do this show and have for all these years because of Dan Gable. Uh, Gable Stevens, Stevenson just won Olympic gold at the, uh, uh, at the Tokyo Olympics. And he does a wonderful no-handed backflip that he – Somehow he's able to hang in the air for like a minute. I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching it. But his name is Gable. And there's so many little Gables and little Kales, like Kale Sanderson. But so that's that's great that you would be shadowing in on this show, Gable. Yeah, it's quite a coincidence. <laughs> and, and tell us your major again. Uh, digital media production. Are, are you at the, uh, what building are you in? Uh, that's the School of Journalism, the J, J School, as we call it. Okay. We called it Meredith Hall when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever replace all that dirty glass? Um, I think they were planning on doing it, and then like COVID happened, so it like delayed their construction plans. Mm. Well, we wish everybody there the best. And if you're looking for a great restaurant, by the way, just on the east side of the campus, okay, there's a wonderful restaurant. It's a friend of mine's MJ Gazali's uh, Mediterranean Restaurant. Great heroes. Oh, uh, I've never been there, but I've heard about it. You got to go right away after <laughs> you get done here. You go there and eat. Okay, right. and tell them we sent you. All right. Next up on the show is a guy that I have a ton of respect for. Have you already called him? Okay. 
So a ton of respect for. Her. Thankfully, uh, he's been patient with me, and we've become friends. <laughs> His list of honors speak for themselves, but I'll put uh, a voice to them. Two-time national champ, four-time Big Ten champ, three-time Big Ten wrestler of the year, one of the original Hodge Award winners, and rightfully so, four-time Midlands Open champ. That's tough. Four-time Midlands Open champ. I miss the old Ken Craft Midlands. I truly do. I hope they come back. Two-time M. VW team award winner. Also very few wrestlers in modern history have accomplished as much as our next guest. He's Mark Ironside. Mark, good morning. How are you? Scott, you don't need to say all that. I don't even, <laughs> who, who even brings up the millions? That's a heck of a tournament though. And, uh, back in the day, man, that tournament was something else. He had all the open athletes going in there and wrestling the college athletes. That was, a, that was a great fun tournament. For, for me, that was the beauty of the tournament. You never knew who was going to match up against who in that you, br- you brought in those former world champs or world champs, uh, uh, Olympians, uh, club champs, uh, you know, the guys that really, truly were some of the best down and dirty wrestlers ever. But you had a very aggressive style yourself, right? Well, I had to make up for the lack of, <laughs> kind of, some of the lack of technical aspect of my career early on with something, so aggressiveness and um, conditioning just happened to be my forte, so that's that's where I was at. So I won wrestling matches on from an early career before I could get in and actually start getting a lot better at the sport and learning the sport and be able to compete with the guys at the highest level. And that's a you know huge credit to you know Coach Gable as you were just talking about. That's right. You know, worked a lot of little different techniques with me as well as you know Jim Selesky and, and Coach Tom Brands. And 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 when you say Tom Brands and Terry Brands now as the uh, you know co well I want to say as head coach and associate head coach um, that has, Apple has not fallen far from the tree in terms of Gable um, I believe that they are cut from that same type of cloth uh, where they are as passionate about their athletes their team and their sport in a bigger sense they have uh, I think their sport uh, really at the front, the forefront, uh, and their passion shows it. I believe that's the same with you. What I've watched, uh, you transitioning from a trapper to a business owner to a uh, an outstanding broadcaster. Nobody does play-by-play or color better than you do in terms of broadcasting because you're able to tell people and make that picture real relevant to people that are listening on radio or online. And I love that. You're able to tell the story. Where does that come from with you? Because you weren't always the biggest talker. Um, I think it just comes from being in the sport for as long as I was, having a passion for it. Um, you know, just obviously knowing what these athletes are going to do, kind of almost you can kind of see it before it happens sometimes. And, you know, just like I said, just having a passion for it. I love, I love the sport of wrestling, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously a Hawkeye, true and true. But, right. um, you know, sometimes I get – you know, myself a little bit of hot water when, you know, <laughs> I'm not favoring the Hawkeyes, but I call it as I see it, which I know a lot of fans appreciate, but, yeah. um, you know, at the end of the day, that's what makes us all better. You know, you got to be a realist. You got to be realistic with yourself and you got to be honest with yourself. You got every single one of us has to look in the mirror every single day and be honest with ourselves. So, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't want to hear certain things and that just, you know, comes from growing up, you know, the one, when your mom and dad, you know, do a good job parenting and tell you things or a teacher tells you something, I mean, it's called constructive criticism and, or, you know, whether it's your coach or whoever. So you just tell it how it is. And, and, you know, you paint as good of a picture as you possibly can. It's hard on the radio because you can't, 
you can't see it, so you're trying to describe it, and that can be kind of difficult in the sport of wrestling, especially when things happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Two, three, four things happen in a scramble, and you're trying to explain it as it's going on. And sometimes you just got to say, well, go back and, and watch the replay later because I can't even begin to describe what just happened there. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's guys like you, Grace. Um, we also heard on the Olympic broadcast, I think we saw the emergence of two stars, okay? The stars on the mat for sure in John Smith and Jordan Burroughs, but the rising stars in their broadcast right. I think they both did a remarkable job. John Smith not afraid to call out the officials and name what he was seeing as being incorrect or wrong or where's the whistle, that type of thing. You know, but John Smith and I told him this once after watching him do the first I don't even know if it wasn't the big 12s. I can't remember the event, but I walked up to John and I said, dude, I said, that is some of the best commentary I've ever heard, let alone coming from a coach that is shy to speak. I mean, that's his norm, right? Being shy. Well, Scott, you know, it's the way I see the sport. That's what it is. (laughs) And, you know, that's John Smith's norm. Every one of the Smiths, I think, talks like that. But the idea that he was able to make that Olympics um, broadcast understandable, exciting, and correct. You're right. You can't afford to be a one-sided broadcaster. It can't always be pro-Hawkeye every single minute of the day. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Scott, and I was actually going to bring up John Smith when when I was talking a second ago. Uh, I mean, we'll listen to him in the Olympics. Next time I see him, I'm going to for sure let him know, like, that broadcasting was some of the best broadcasting I've ever heard mm-hmm. in my entire life, and it was so fun to be able to watch the Olympics and have him broadcasting that um, and just with his insight and like he said, you know, talking about certain refer- the referees in certain positions, why they're stopping the action, just not getting it. Um, he gets it and he's been there. He's done that. And I think that's what makes it so good and so real. But, and he was just so honest and he, he, that was some of the best, like I said, best broadcasting I've honestly probably ever heard. I mean, he was just phenomenal and Jordan Burroughs, you know, he would chime in when he, he wasn't there on, you know, the whole entire time, but when he was on the booth and stuff and just talking about some of the backgrounds um, and, and being fair to all countries, did a phenomenal job as well, too, for not being um, really ever in that role before. And you could tell as the Olympics went on and the every day went on, Jordan got, you know, more and more comfortable in the right. role that he was in every single day. Mm-hmm. And you could totally tell and, and did a great job as well, too. The the tournament from, from all the medals we're bringing back to – the coaching to the broadcasting, everything about, you know, our men's and women's freestyle Olympic teams was just, was just absolutely awesome from start to finish. We're going to be talking with Rich Bender in the next two segments, uh, executive director of USA wrestling. Um, you know, he, he wears so many hats, but he wears this one. Well, he was so happy to have pictures taken with so many U S Olympians. Were you surprised at the total number of medals we brought home last count? I think it's nine, right? Yeah, I think it was nine. Um, and was I surprised? Absolutely not. I wasn't surprised at all. And I and the reason I say that is just because, you know, you kind of see it unfolding um, over the past probably three, four years. And the, the U.S. just can, keeps emerging and emerging and getting, you know, better and better and better. We're, we do a great job um, prepping and preparing and peaking for, for the, the Worlds and the Olympic stage, mm-hmm. that tournament every single year. And, you know, the other countries have just, I think they've just kind of, I don't know, they're just, they just, I don't want to say plateau, they're getting worse or anything like that by no means. 
I'm not taking that away from them, but they just, it's like, they just, they're not as excited to be right. there. It's like when we go out on the mat, like we we're so excited and our whole team and way we got the morale going and excitement. Uh, we got a lot of great things happening within USA wrestling right now. And it shows it, you know, in the metal count, it shows it in our, our style on the mat. It shows it, you know, with a Gable Stevenson scoring the last, you know, <laughs> two takedowns in the last eight seconds, you know, I mean, that's the type of stuff that shines above yeah. some of the other countries. And, and, uh, you know, just that's, I mean, as a team, as a whole, you know, it's yep. not just one person doing it, but the team as a whole. And that's a huge, uh, tribute to Jordan Burroughs and kind of setting that bar and setting the stage for us, you know, many years ago and continue to do it and carrying on his legacy. Um, and he's in the, he's, I mean, he was kind of the one that kind of brought us back and got us to that level. And now everybody else is following suit. We got to see guys like David Taylor really have the ability to shine. You and I both knew all along he had the ability, but Jordan Burroughs was standing there in that weight class in his way. And, uh, by God, Jordan was wrestling outstanding until Rio. And uh, now we're seeing a guy who perhaps is getting comfortable in fatherhood, getting comfortable in his coaching role, but now he's making a change going out to Philly. Uh, to be with Brandon Slay, and I don't know anybody I'd like to be next to more than Brandon Slay as far as being energized, or Roger Reyna for that matter. Uh, the the He's the architect behind this whole thing. Do not do not make any other assumption. It is Roger Reyna's baby, and he's bringing all the right pieces together, and I think this fresh new look for Burroughs is going to be huge for him, his psyche, and Team USA. Agree or disagree? I 100% agree, and I think it's it's awesome. I, I, I'm i happy for Jordan. He's going back home, you know, kind of his homeland where he grew up and the area closer to being home where he was from anyway. And uh, I think he's partnered with some great people. I think that um, they're, they've are they got to be just elated to have him on board out there. Amen. And it's that's what's great about the wrestling world is watching different people, you know, move to different places and not because they're – mad or pissed off and things didn't work out here it's just that they just take things to you know that's just another stepping stone in their lives and you know it's kind of as the world turns in the sport of wrestling and it's it's a lot of positiveness out there um and good things happen from it and it makes it exciting it keeps it fresh and, and it keeps it entertaining and and uh, and that's what also keeps everybody um from getting stagnant and just right. kind of thinking okay i got this in the bag i don't have to do this oh, oh crap now i look at here jordan's out here it's like oh man are you kidding me you know that's you know unbelievable recruiting right there and um so it's going to keep things interesting it keeps people on their toes and, and it happens all the time and it's great to see we're lucky we have such great people in the sport one guy i thought i would get to see wrestle in the olympics this particular go-around was a guy you're close to and that's spencer lee um when he injured himself both the inside and the outside of his of his knee and knew he's going to have to have surgery there's going to be a time where he was going to need to rebuild it was guys like you he looked up to and he trusts and in this brave new world of the nil the name image likeness there are certain rules or certain things you can do can't do and athletes don't really want to focus on that they you know instead rely on their father for example in spencer's case rely on you uh, as a manufacturer and a retailer of the product. Uh, but what's the, what's it been like for you, uh, being as close to the fire in terms of the NIL and Spencer Lee? You know, it's, it's brought a whole another dynamic of business, you know, into, um, you know, Iowa style apparel. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I've, it's, it's coming a time to where we're already busy, you know, with, um, you know, 
things ramping up after COVID and, and just, and it's hard to get inventory right now. It's, it makes it business tough in that realm, but we also have all the back to school stuff going on. So we, we got a lot of things going on here. And then you throw the Spencer Lee stuff in there and the fans are just eating, eating, <laughs> eating up as apparel, you know, and I think we came out with a good, um, a branded look for him. Um, <clears throat> we came up with a, with a SL brand logo, which will be on everything that we do for him. But we also have some shirts out there just with his brand on it. But the great thing about Spencer Lee is that um, more than one thing, but the one thing is, is right from the get go, this isn't about like a money maker for him. You know, he's like, eh, whatever, just talk to my dad. Um, but it's like, you know, he'd be kind of foolish not to make some money, right. you know, off of, off of his hard work and his dedication and, and his awards and success that he's, you know, achieved and, and take advantage of it. And so, you know, that's what we're doing, but we're not doing it to a level. And the, the great thing about Spencer is you don't have to worry about him losing his focus. All he wants to do is go win another national title and an Olympic gold medal. That's and it. that's, that's what he wants. That's and that's all. where his focus is. And it's what's, <laughs> what's awesome to work with a, a guy like Spencer Lee. And, and how pleased I was to know that he was in ways partnering with you because you're one of those guys in this sport. I trust the utmost. And he's learned something that you learned a long time ago. You learned discipline. You learned time management. These are key lessons that you take away from wrestling and inject into your life. You don't let any minute uh, pass by without making an improvement. You don't let any opportunity pass by without trying it. And it's evidenced in your racing career. Yeah, racing is big. You know, something that uh, was kind of interesting now that you bring up racing and Spencer Lee, uh, you know, we were just pretty kind of close to you last night. I didn't get home until 3.30 this morning from the Knoxville Nationals, uh, Sprint Car Nationals, World of Outlaws last night, where Spencer Lee, uh, I go there every year. I got a good buddy of mine, Brian Schaefer, out of Wapolo, Iowa, and uh, he's like, hey, you know, these these this Brad Sweet who drives for Casey Kane, he's a huge um, Spencer Lee fan. Is there any way of, uh, you know, bringing him to the track and see if there's something he want to do and meet with him, meet with Casey Kane. And the, and then the, their their crew chief is in a part-time, he's an assistant wrestling coach um, out in North Carolina where they're from, near Charlotte. Um, it's just a huge wrestling connection there. So mm-hmm. uh, we went up to the qualifier last night. Tom Brands went, and the, basically the entire national te- uh, championship team went. Uh, there was like 20 of us that went. They introduced all of us uh, between the um, heat races and the, and the, and the main features. Um, and it was awesome to hobnob and rub elbows with uh, <laughs> the greats of the sprint cars and NASCARs. Kyle Larson was there, Casey Kane, like I said, Brad Sweet. Um, it was just really cool to see, and it was nice to see people just coming up to Spencer Lee all day long there. Yeah. We spent the day, the whole afternoon and evening there, constantly stopping, wanting to talk to him, having an autograph, couldn't believe that he was there. I mean, we were there for the Sprint Car Nationals, but you would have thought that, you know, it was Division One Wrestling Championships going on. And that's just, uh, you know, what Spencer Lee brings to the table and how many people know him, not just in the sport of wrestling, but also in the racing world also. That's right. And we've noticed this crossover for years, by the way, whether you're an official, a coach, an athlete. Sage Karam is a great example of that, been on the show many times, but he finished seventh at the Indy 500. Now he's going to be making his NASCAR debut. Um, I mean, this kid loves wrestling and credits all of his success to wrestling. Mark, we're going to credit this segment to you. Let's give them the website where they can find your product lines, how they can be in touch with you, and all that's new with Spencer Lee. You go to Iowa Style Apparel. That's what it is, iowastyleapparel.com, and you can find all the Spencer Lee stuff in the, on there. We're always coming out with uh, some new stuff. We rolled out a lot of stuff. He's going to be coming to the Fry Fest on Friday, um, September 3rd from 6 to 7. He'll be signing autographs there. Um, 
And uh, so you can get some stuff there, meet them in person, doing a meet and greet there. And then uh, as you know, we get closer to the season, we're continuing to roll out new stuff all the time. And we got some really cool, fun things uh, in the lineup for Spencer Lee. But that's at iowastyleapparel.com. God bless you, Mark. I appreciate you so much as a friend, but you've also been somebody that's truly energized me and given me direction in doing this program. I do it for guys like you. Because well, of guys I like appreciate you. everything you do for the, the sport, Scott. I mean, you guys got a great um, show here and just everything that you do everywhere you go. It's always a pleasure to see you when we're on the road and I show up and it's like, oh, my God, there's Scott, Scott, Scott Casper. <laughs> so um, I always enjoy talking to you, Senior. You always do a phenomenal job in everything and anything that you do. But I really sincerely appreciate everything you do for the sport of wrestling because it takes – um, you know, a village. So it takes all kinds of people to make it work and, and a sport that sometimes doesn't get recognized. And we appreciate you recognizing it for us. Uh, it's my pleasure each and every week, brother, for all these years. It's certainly a pleasure to have you on the show. Best of the family. Best to everybody. Tell Spencer we said hi as well. Okay. All right. Will do. Thanks, Scott. Take care, my friend. You bet. You too, buddy. That's Mark Ironside, one of the absolute best people. When I say that is the person that represents the best in us and the best of us, He's one of them. That's the guy. You're listening to USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Stay tuned. There's more. Casper and Kira. (laughs) Casper and Jones on Iowa Sports Later. This is 1350 ESPN. All right, here we go. Here we go now. Coast to coast, border to border, and all those ships at sea. If you're listening, you can do it online at uh, USA. usatakedown.com. I I built it, and I can't tell you what the name of the show is, okay? usatakedown.com. We do the show because of the people involved in it. We love to tell the stories uh, with them involved. And one of those guys is joining us now, somebody I've grown to admire a great deal. He is the executive director of USA Wrestling. Uh, He's had utter faith in his staff, utter faith in the wrestling community to get behind that which is going on in Colorado Springs. Rich Bender joins us now. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Hey Scott, how you doing? Good, uh, man. Are you are you coming down from the cloud yet? I mean, what a trip! Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, you can't make that stuff up, right? I mean, it's just, man, it's so cool to just to see the the, the the these athletes just harvest the fruits of their labor and, and you know the kind of success that that we enjoyed in uh, in Tokyo is really really cool to be a part of. Wrestling, especially Team USA, has changed so much since 2001 when you were asked to step in as interim executive director of USA Wrestling and months later became the permanent executive director. But what are the biggest changes that that people may or may not know about USA Wrestling and its place on the international scene? Well, I think one of the the greatest improvements in the organization and our ability to provide the platform for athletes to achieve the kind of success that, that we've, we've seen of late is just the, the alignment of the entire kind of wrestling pipeline. I mean, more than ever, uh, you know, we have an organized system that can, can take an athlete from his very first or her very first wrestling practice to the podium at the Olympic games. And I think what we've seen through, you know, the last couple of decades is an alignment between the grassroots structure uh, within our sport up through the, 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 the college, the school college community, right up to, to, to the Olympic Games. And I think it's, a, you know, a, we're, we're seeing the, the results of that alignment uh, now. And I think the, the establishment of regional training centers, <clears throat> the ability of uh, athletes to access, the, you know, the best coaches and training partners uh, in the world as, 
has uh, proven to be a, a foundational uh, uh, pillar by which we can we can build success internationally. So my and you know my early take on RTCs, okay, wasn't necessarily positive because it was kind of a brave new world we're all heading into. I thought it would be fragmenting at best because to work together as a team for a team goal uh, is one thing, but to improve uh, one's personal position and ability to earn a living, support one's family is part of it for sure. But um, it's been exactly the opposite in terms of the success of the RTC. Agree or disagree? Well, I, 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 I agree with that. I think it's, uh, you know, there's, the, the, there's kind of multifaceted benefits of regional training centers. And, you know, obviously the most, the most obvious one is the benefit to, to, to those elite athletes that now have uh, for real opportunity to, to earn a, a, a living and, and a livable, earn a, a livable wage to right. train and, and, and chase that pursuit. But also uh, uh, current student athletes and in, in, in these division one uh, and even division two and three programs are benefiting from having those, those athletes around and, you know, the prospective student athletes, those, those athletes that, you know, maybe in a high school uh, environment that they've had some success yet, you know, don't have access to, to great training partners and coaches have now been exposed to, to college student athletes and, and some of the best wrestlers uh, in the world that are, that are chasing that, that pure pursuit of, of winning a medal for a country. I, so think... I think it's, it's been, it's been, I mean, there's been a lot of benefits uh, and, and certainly much of this couldn't happen without, uh, you know, folks like Andy Barth and Titan Mercury Wrestling Club and right. Mercury and New York Athletic Club and, and others that have leaned in hard to provide, you know, financial support to, to these college programs around that are, are these RTCs that are established around college programs to, to really uh, create a financial infrastructure and an ecosystem, if you will, to support the, 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 the overall effort. We're talking with Rich Bender. Rich, I think one of the reasons why you have been so successful as the executive director, why you are uh, so successful in, in garnering the attention of the balance of the Olympic program, and I'm not just talking wrestling here, is because you were a three-sport athlete at Busco Bell High, earning multiple varsity letters in football, wrestling, and baseball. You've been there, did that. You got your college degree in sports management, minoring with a business degree. Okay, and that, that to me tells a little bit more story as to why uh, perhaps wrestling and USA wrestling in general has been growing as much as, as it is. In 2001, when you were asked to step in as interim, uh, women's wrestling was really a non-starter. Most college coaches would, would stand up. And I remember this conversation with John Saatchi about women's wrestling. He said, women's wrestling is no place on the mat. Well, you know, that's an old guard coach, right? Did not see the forest for the trees in that, if you add a women's program, chances are the men's program is out of danger in terms of being cut by an athletic director. Uh, you're seeing women's wrestling exploding before our very eyes. I love talking to Moyer about it. This is one of the huge successes of our sport in the last decade or longer. Well, for sure. And I, and I think it's, you know, women's wrestling is kind of that final frontier, if you will, mm -hmm. of our sport. I mean, it's really cool to see the, the advancement, the interest, and the, and the growth of women's wrestling, because you're exactly right. I mean, it, it is going to end up being a, a foundation by which we can build this, this sustainable solution around uh, keeping wrestling around for, for future generations. 
you've been able to bring some incredibly talented people into the fold that is USA Wrestling, some younger guys, and they go on to do other things, but they've got their growth, their first steps in the sport. Uh, under your tutelage, you have a tremendous responsibility. You've got great guys, great assets like Gary Abbott, who will be joining us next week to talk about uh, women's wrestling in particular. Our star of that program is uh, scheduled to be uh, Tamira uh, Mensa-Stock. And nobody wrapped themselves in that flag better than she did. With tears in my eyes, I watched her. With tears in her eyes, she watched us. And that well, is the very best of us. Yeah. If you're not inspired by uh, Tamara's story, then, then then something's wrong with you. And I mean, I think it's you know so encouraging to to see an athlete that that has just progressed from you know just not not really knowing anything about the sport and, and starting out at the very grassroots level uh, and, and 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 to 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 reach the pinnacle in, in Tokyo just last week. And you know that, she's a rising star within within not just wrestling, but I think uh, American sports. Uh, uh, and, and sports in America, and I think it's pretty, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty cool to see. I, I couldn't agree more, and that is a great story. I think our women's coach, Terry Stein, will be on that very same show, but he, he's been, you know, even when in the face of adversity, he's been able to push it back and still promote women's wrestling and our programs and our ideals, and I think it's brought a, a, a great de a degree of prominence to Team USA in that it is a sport that is inclusive. We've long said it, but it's inclusive for all people of all heights, all sizes, all weights, and all nationalities. Doesn't matter, uh, uh, you know, the race, creed. I'll throw all that out the window. This is wrestling. It, it is, and and I think we 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 knew for a long time the benefit of this sport is and and. You know the the benefit it's had and on 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 males that have had the opportunity to participate in it. It's it's really really awesome to see our sport, uh, you know, embrace the opportunity to 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 embrace both genders. Because I will promise you, the benefits that 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 a young uh, boy or man has and participating or realizes from participating in the sport is exactly the same for young girls and and women. And it's it's you know it's it's really important I think for us to embrace that because. I mean, the future is incredibly bright as a result of that that, uh, that that advancement. Given your history in the sport, given your history with USA Wrestling, I mean, you, you started as an intern in the events department way back in 88. I often joke in my, uh, you know, in delivering speeches and whatnot about you, where you started on the docks at USA Wrestling helping athletes unload their hopes and dreams. Realistically, you're still doing that. Do you feel that responsibility? Well, I'll tell you, it's and it's really cliche to say that if you love your job, you never work. Right. And so uh, I'm I'm living proof of that, and you know, had some incredible opportunities that I didn't deserve, and and uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, I think uh, you know, because of uh, an early commitment to 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 being a servant of the sport, I think it's 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 served many of us that that have had careers in, in wrestling really well, uh, because it's it, it's not it, it that's what it's about, right? It's about the the incredible opportunity you have, and in some cases, responsibility you have to 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 advance this sport and shove it forward. And and it's you know it's, it's not hard to be motivated every day mm. when you get to work with the people that we get to work with and see the impact that this sport has on on you know young boys and girls you know all over the world. And it really does start at a young age. USA Wrestling's membership continues to grow, and we look at that success as and that's a basic foundation, by the way. You want to be in a part of it, uh, get with USA Wrestling's uh, 
and, and their opportunity to have you join the organization. You truly are a part of the family. It's your opportunity to contribute to what USA Wrestling is putting forward internationally and nationally. As a matter of fact, Rich, i got to ask you, um, making the decision to actually hold live events right in the midst of, of uh, the COVID first round, okay, because we're now facing round two, but first round, USA Wrestling and the regional training centers give, gave an opportunity for the athletes to compete, much-needed competition, I might add, but doing so in a safe and responsible manner that's first and foremost, right? But it's been very successful. Wrestling has led the way. Well, it sure has, and it, and it shouldn't, right? I mean, in, in terms of, you know, if you just think at, think about it from a 30,000-foot level, and you know, wrestling and social distancing are, are really the <laughs> antithesis of one another. And, and, you know, I think for people that, that don't understand our sport, it, it, it seems like, well, wrestling is not a, a sport that should thrive in this environment. It's just the, the opposite, actually. And I think it's, you know... Early on, we realized that, you know, the culture of wrestling, I mean, we've, we, we're used to, to sanitation and cleanliness and, and, and being sure that we're, we're taking all the precautions necessary. I mean, right, it's, right we, we went through, um, you know, skin diseases and, and challenges there. And I think the, the fact that we've, we've had that experience and then created a culture around a commitment to ensure that we minimize those risks, it served us well in this, in this COVID environment. And I think it's... Uh, you know, I'm incredibly proud of, of how this organization and the sport has responded mm-hmm. to, uh, in, to the challenges because we, we, we hosted this year our largest junior nationals in history. And, you know, if you had said that to, you know, a common person prior to, to this year's junior nationals that in a COVID environment uh, we'll host the largest wrestling tournament in the world with over 6,000 competitors and, and not, have a, not have it be a super spreader is a testament to the – the commitment that this sport has made to being responsible right. and, and taking precautions, but ultimately realizing the value of providing the opportunity for kids to wrestle. And I think it's, it's uh, you know, we, we, we saw in a, in a lot of ways uh, some of that, a result of that uh, was, was, was proven on the mats in, in Tokyo this, this last week, right? I mean, we, we didn't take a step back in America uh, from a competitive standpoint because of challenges we may have had in, in, in our country around COVID. Instead, we're creative and found safe environments for, for athletes to continue to, to chase the purest pursuit in all sports uh, to win a medal for our country. And, and it was really awesome to, to see that come to fruition in Tokyo. Our guest has a much bigger picture of what he expects wrestling to be and what we have the possibility of achieving. It was in 2013, perhaps your greatest gift of all to our sport and to the people you serve. You formed the Committee for the Preservation of Olympic Wrestling, CIFAO. And uh, we always seem to find an acronym for everything, don't we? Um, but, <laughs> but CIFAO, it was a U.S.-led group of wrestlers and business leaders and media members who spearheaded America's effort to retain wrestling on the Olympic program. At any point in time, Rich, were you fearful that wrestling would lose its rightful place and basically due to lack of attention by the leadership of the International or the I.O.? Well, first and foremost, I make, I mean, there is a, a lot of people whose fingerprints are all over the success that, that our sport had in, in that environment. It's not, not a Rich Bender thing. But I think, you know, looking at, to answer your question, was I concerned? Heck yeah. I mean, yeah. Right? I mean ultimately, um, you know, what's the ultimate stamp of legitimacy on a sport like wrestling? It's recognition on the Olympic program. And, you know, to, to just think about what impact that could have 
on our sport is, you know, is not something that, that, that we wanted to spend a lot of time thinking about. And I think as we look back on what, you know, what were the kind of the key factors in, in ensuring success, and I think that the, the, it, it, and I thought you talked a lot about this. I think it boiled down to the sport taking the position that this was an opportunity as opposed to somebody's going to pay a price for making a dumb decision. Right. Well, <laughs> the program instead he embraced it as an opportunity to say, Hey, maybe this is, this is that opportunity for us to make changes that we could no normally never make in a current, in a, in a normal environment, right? We couldn't change leadership at the international federation level. We couldn't change rules uh, as drastically as we did. We couldn't, we couldn't create these accountability factors within officiating uh, prior to this huge challenge. And I think looking back, that was the greatest decision that was made by a lot of people. And yeah. that was, let's embrace it as an opportunity to get better. And we did. And I, and I, I'm proud to say, I think, uh, you know, obviously this, this COVID uh, challenge has presented some, some unique uh um, opportunities for us to, to be distracted. But I think, you know, the greatest thing that's ever happened to our sport was what happened in 2013 when we could, we could embrace it as an opportunity to move forward. And as a result, our sport, sport is, in, is embarking on, on its golden age, in my opinion. It really is. It's uh, really fun to be a part of. I thank God I chose this one to do a show on. <laughs> <laughs> right time, right place. Thank God. One decision. That's it. Uh, yeah, USA Wrestling right. is is paying out a record nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in Living the Dream Medal Fund bonuses to the twenty twenty one Olympic medalists. Your thoughts on that? Nine medalists, three champs. It's the largest medal fund payout in history. Well, it's it, it's awesome, right? I mean, it's it, you know uh, it, it's 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 really encouraging that we have individuals that are willing to make you know, such generous financial commitments to our sport. And, you know, ultimately, um, you know, our, our, our goal is to, is to pay out $250,000 to every Olympian, right? We want to win. We want to win a gold medal in every single weight class. And, and, and it's exciting to know that we have stewards and, and, you know, USA Wrestling and the U.S. Olympic Committee who are all committed to ensuring that, you know, these athletes, uh, you know, are compensated uh, for, for success. And I think what we, we've seen the result of the, of the medal fund is it, it helps athletes not only, uh, um, it, it, it has helps them continue in the sport, right? It helps them. Um, it provides a financial uh, foundation for which they maybe can continue wrestling for another year or two that coupled with, with, you know, regional training centers and incredible commitment by, by our top clubs uh, we're seeing, you know, athletes continue in the sport longer. And, you know, as a result, um, you know, there's more and more success. So, um, you know, really, really grateful for, um, you know, the, the metal fund and the stewards. And, you know, I think it's doing exactly what we had hoped it would do. You know, hats off to guys like Mike Novogratz, who, who you know, initially had that idea. Right. And, uh, you know, and the 10, 15 others that are uh, you know, putting their financial um, investment uh, in there to, to ensure that it happens. So, you know, we're going to come back right after them, uh, after we pay out this medal fund for the Olympic Games and hopefully uh, make another haul for, for, for Ottawa. So, uh, you know, really grateful for our, our stewards. And, you know, I can think of a few things in our sport right now that, that is shoring up the, find, the, the future of wrestling more so than, than what our stewards are doing. And we're lucky. 
uh, we've got to draw this to a close, Rich, but we're lucky, as you mentioned, Norway. Olympic medalist David Taylor, Kyle Snyder, Helen Maruis, and uh, Kyle Dake are all committed to wrestling in Norway at the Worlds. And uh, the, the excellence in execution, for sure. But i got to ask you in closing, uh, you mentioned so many great names, people that are supportive, perhaps none more so than the late, great Cedric Agonian. How much do you miss that guy? Uh, I'll tell you, you know, Seth is, uh, you know, was a mentor of mine and someone that early on in my career, um, you know, provided for me some, some opportunities to, to, to grow as a, as an administrator and you know, understand the importance of international relations. Right. And, uh, man, I, I, I miss him frequently. And, and certainly he's, you'll have a, a long standing, uh, impact on the sport of wrestling. I stayed at his home many times when, uh, in New York, and he always had uh, his dog, his, his lab, bring me like a newspaper or something like that. I thought that's perhaps his greatest accomplishment. I miss that. I really do. Rich, yeah. we are so grateful to have you at the helm of the ship. Thank you so much. And to your staff, thank you. It's been an uh, interesting time for sure for all of us. But wrestling has been the one bright light for me. And I appreciate that. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Well, thanks, Scott. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you for what you do to the sport and, or do for the sport. And, uh, you know, we have long time been a, a big asset for wrestling. And, and I know I can speak on behalf of the family and the wrestling community. We're grateful for, for what you do and, and what you bring uh, to our sport. Amen, brother. My pleasure. Rich, we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Of course, next week we're going to be focusing on women's wrestling. And uh, Gary Abbott will be joining us live from the Lehigh Valley, where he's going to be saluting the life and times of one Greg Strobel. Thank you, Rich. Well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate and grateful for, for the opportunity. Always, my friend. Thank you. All right. Do me a favor, fans. Stay tuned. There's more to the uh, program as we come to the top of the hour. Yeah, we're heading that way. Uh, we've got a lot of great guys uh, and great guests coming on the program next week, including Tamira Mensa-Stock. And Terry Steiner, Gary Abbott as well. Stay tuned. More after this. You're listening to USA Takedown only on ESPN Radio. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right. Welcome back to the show. USA Takedown this Friday, Friday the 13th. It's a very day of the evening event that will take place tonight at Forte by Wells Fargo Arena. I'll be working there tomorrow night, and I'll be in attendance tonight at uh, Forte, just underneath Buzzer Billy. Sold-out event, but you can still watch it on Patreon, and that is the Stalemate Street League. Some great matches scheduled, for sure, but uh, we we surely appreciate it. Last night, the uh, New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox had a historic moment, an historic game historic for the state of Iowa in many ways, but one of the reasons why Kira Jones is because Major League Baseball had never, ever, ever been played in the state of Iowa. Sure, there have been some Chicago Cub teams come down to play the Iowa Cubs teams. That doesn't happen anymore much. Uh, and, and generally, you'd see the Iowa Cubs win if only for as a morale builder. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not about morale last night as Kevin Costner, through the corn, came out like the movie he he came up with the field of dreams when they came out of that corn. That's it. It's, um, it's emotional. It harkens back upon our youth. Hey, you want to have a catch, you know, 
And last thing dad wanted to do after putting in 12 hours at the gas station was have a catch with me. But by God, he put on that, that glove, gave me the other glove and we'd throw for as long as he wanted to. And we had a hell of a time. That's called bonding. Well, Kevin Costner has bonded with America through that film and through great films like Dances with Wolves and now with the TV show called Yellowstone, a story of John Dutton and his family and the largest ranch in America, uh, certainly in the continental United States, but out in Montana. It's things like that that we will probably not see ever again, those those type of ranches, but uh, let's face it, now you're seeing Montana land go for a lot of money. Well, speaking a lot of money, USA Wrestling will be paying out a record $950,000 in the Living the Dream Medal Fund bonuses to its 2020 Olympic medalists. We talked about it with Rich Bender moments ago. But based on the historic performances of these athletes of the U.S. wrestling team at the Olympic Games in Tokyo, uh, they will pay out nine hundred and fifty grand. Okay, now, if you recall, there was a day and age when these athletes, if they got a sponsorship, might be able to make bank on their efforts. Now we're starting to see a fund that is self-perpetuating and continues to grow where they are benefiting these athletes. And these athletes are going on cycles, whether they're Olympic years or World Cup, World Clubs Cup, World Championships, uh, the Pan Am Games. These athletes are starting to really uh, come into their own financially. Let's talk about the fund recipients. Bonus payments of $250,000 go to Tamira Mensah-Stock, 2020 Women's Freestyle Olympic Champion at 68 kilos, but really one of those number ones in my heart because she won and was proud of doing so, not turning it into a political statement, using that opportunity to turn it into a political statement. Instead, she went out there and came off that mat with the idea of thanking the United States for allowing her the opportunity to challenge for Olympic gold. Talk about a genuine individual. She'll be on the show next week. I can't wait to talk with her, and I know you can't either. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a what a fine uh, representative of us. We appreciate her. David Taylor, who's long been in the shadows of Jordan Burroughs and David or Kyle Dake. Well, David Taylor is earning two hundred fifty thousand dollars as the men's freestyle Olympic champion at eighty six kilos. David Taylor went to Penn State because of Kale Sanderson. Kale Sanderson had recruited him to go to Iowa State. When Kale left, guess what? Dake took back his idea of going to Iowa State to wrestle and went to Penn State. And the history is on the wall in terms of NCAA championships and titles for David Taylor and Team uh, Penn State, the Nittany Lions. Gable Stevenson, the big man from the University of Minnesota, still officially on the roster at the University of Minnesota, but it's obvious he has other intentions. He's getting offers from the Buffalo Bills, so the NFL is sending out offers. Uh, major, um, uh, The UFC is sending out extending offers. These are million-dollar offers. The WWE is extending out million-dollar opportunities to sign. And make no mistake about it, I think you'll see Tamira Mensah stock in the WWE earning quarter million dollars a year, half million dollars a year, or more. But she is so likable, i got to believe she would do very, very well as not just an athlete, but a recognized star. She's already there, but that next step of showmanship that Vince McMahon and his people or the AEW would be doing with her because she's so likable, so marketable. Mm-hmm. Guys that are getting $50,000, and you'd settle for fifty, would wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I was going to say, so really what you're what you're doing here is uh, giving me a life lesson that if I wanted to be a millionaire by now, I should have been a wrestler. <laughs> it wasn't always that way, God. I got to say, it wasn't always that way. Um, Adeline Gray will take home 50000 bucks. She was an odds-on favorite for gold, but ended up silver at 76 kilos. I know that's not where she wanted to be. But she won and accepted her silver medal with great class and great style. And she's been putting off being a mother, by the way, uh, for this extended run. I have so much uh, tremendous respect for Adeline Gray, who uh, picked up that silver at 76 kilos. Kyle Snyder, the returning Olympic gold medalist, right? Kyle Snyder will take home an additional 50 grand as the men's freestyle silver medalist at 97 kilos. Surely not where Kyle wanted to be. But again, this has been an odd year for preparation. So different people are going to rise to the top while others and expected champions will maybe drop down a rung or two. Thomas Gilman uh, will pick up 25 grand as the bronze medalist at 57 kilo for Team USA. 25 grand will go to Helen Maroulis, another Olympic. Matter of fact, the, historically, the very first female Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. So t- t- we go back up to Tamara Mensah, the first African American female to ever win Olympic medal. We're mm-hmm. setting first all along the way here, and it's because of our dedicated coaches and athletes. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not afraid to spend twelve to twenty hours in an airport waiting for a flight that only lasts an hour and a half, and they're going to a place that doesn't uh, uh, heat their dressing rooms or locker rooms. They're going to Siberia. They're going to uh, Budapest, Hungary. Granted. Many of these places are changing even as we speak. But for many instances, these are very poor countries where wrestling is the national sport. It's not football. It's not baseball. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about that over there. It's wrestling. When Jordan Burroughs walks into a stadium in Iran and the Iranians give him a standing ovation and it lasts for minutes and they bestow upon him gifts from the heart. These are Iranians saluting an American in Jordan Burroughs. Well, it happens. Kyle Dake is one of those guys that will be saluted with a $25,000 check at 74 kilos. And Sarah Hildebrand, one of the very future um, women of our sport, one of the, the very future of our sport in terms of women's wrestling, Sarah Hildebrand at 25 grand. The Living the Dream Medal Fund has had a, a huge impact, not just on our national team, but on the national thought about what wrestling is, what it can do. It's no longer in the dark room see. Parts of the building where you only have supports of the floor above it and a mat thrown on the floor. Now you're getting to see programs with freestanding wrestling facilities like they're raising the funds for at the University of Iowa just now. They're raising a lot of money and they're raising it for the future of the Hawkeye Wrestling Program and the Hawkeye Regional Training Center, the wrestling club. So the Living the Dream Metal Fund has had a huge impact in a lot of ways. And it's only available because of the stewards of our sport those that put their money and their investments in it, so they fund it to the point where you never really touch the principal, and the principal only serves to grow. With that success of all the athletes I just uh, finished leading uh, reading off, with that success, that fund will continue to grow and at an even faster pace. Now you have guys like you know Milwaukee Tool who are investing money, Benny Hanna, the company that was or is Benny Hanna, investing money. You have. Rubbermaid, uh, Sharpie, the names go on and on. These are household brand names that are aligning themselves with the sport because in part, 
many of their their generals, their chairmen, many of their uh, directors. Uh, let's face it, Time Warner became a giant in cable because of wrestling, mm-hmm. and the and the, the the head man, the CEO, of the company was the reason we were on television on Time Warner. Okay, and I will tell you this: that wrestling's in a much better place because we've not been afraid to take those chances. So we've got about five minutes left in the segment, five minutes left in the show. I want to thank those stewards of the National uh, uh, Living the Dream Metal Fund. It has been a tremendous effort. Guys like Andy Barth, who's been on this very show. Mike Novogratz has been on the show. Jamie Dynan has been on the show. And you will see these guys on many of the financial news networks all the time, talking about whatever's going on in the market, trading, et cetera. But their real passion is to talk about sports, talk about wrestling, talk about the athletes they get to rub shoulders with. You know, Mike Novogratz drops a million bucks on a party after an event, we do a million dollars in fundraising in the middle of Times Square. And we have a party with the talents that are big and rich. You know what I'm saying? That's an actual country music group, big and rich. I didn't know if you knew that. Didn't, didn't know if you ever listened to the country music. But we rented three floors of what used to be the WWE building, Midtown Manhattan. And we had a party that was unbelievable. Every floor had a different food theme. And nothing cost anybody any money. It was all footed by the largesse and the generosity of Michael Novogratz. And we can't thank him enough and those like him. Rich Bender, uh, you know, alluded to what Novogratz has done. Well, he's only rubbing just the very tip of the iceberg there. You know, I think uh, we're, we're very fortunate to be involved in, as he said, the, you know, the very modern look at, at our sport. It is the dawning of a new age. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Do, do you feel that? I, I think I feel that in all sports. Um, I think How that about women's soccer. Yeah. 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 I mean, literally in all sports, I think that something is changing and I think we're going to see more inclusivity and diversity, not just in, you know, race and background, but gender too. Yes. We, uh, we talked about it earlier today. You know, um, people's gender identities are becoming so diverse and so different. And I am not afraid to say uh, that I am excited about the emergence of trans athletes, of professional trans athletes. Are you fearful that a male athlete in a female sport, or at least that's the classification that is out there, are you fearful that that male athlete may usurp or take over a spot that has traditionally been for a non-trans athlete? No, because they're female. But they have a musculature. We've seen this in weightlifting. We've seen it in a, a variety of different sports. We haven't seen it in wrestling yet. I don't, I, I don't even know that that's out there on the horizon. It very well could be. I want people to be people, okay? That's the bottom line. I want people to be people. I want everybody to treat themselves fairly and treat each other with heart and kindness. Is that asking too much? No. Nine medals, three were gold. It's the first time since the Atlanta Games that American wrestlers have won three gold medals. We haven't won nine medals since 84 in the LA Olympic Games. I'll tell you what, it's been a tremendous show. I've been all fired up for this show. I've been fired up for this day. I've been fired up for this weekend. I announced races, uh, indoor karting races, when I got to see race car champions and sprint car champions in tiny carts, okay? Going about 45 miles an hour. But nonetheless, they were racing for pride. 
And that's what we do in the world of sport. We play for pride. We play for excellence. We search for the opportunity to grab that golden ring. Okay, and, 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 and look up what the history of the golden ring truly is. I think you'd be rather entertained by it. But to reach up and grab, grab that golden ring, no matter the carousel you find yourself on in your life, it's an opportunity that we all would rather relish, given that opportunity. We must sometimes stand up and take it. Our guest did just that today. Jimmy Schusler, Bo and Bill Bassett, uh, Joshua Sasby, proud to have him in the studio from Barbarian Apparel. Mark Ironside, one of my great friends in this sport, one of your great friends, too. Wrestling could not have a better friend than Rich Bender. He was our final guest. But we have a great event coming out tonight. The Stalemate Street League is coming up tonight. You'll be able to watch it on Patreon. I'll be there in person. Yeah, I'm lucky. I wish you all could be there as well. Perhaps next event, we'll be able to see twice or three times as many people. What a great opportunity by our friends at Stalemates, Zach Bogle included. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning that that show is sold out. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's huge. You know, that's as a fight, fight promoter, all we ever wanted to do was have sold-out shows. It's much easier to have a sold-out show in the fire marshal in the front row, not looking back, knowing that you're way over <laughs> on, on total attendance. Scott, yeah, we're on air. <laughs> I know, we're on air. Sorry about that. Hey, guests uh, on Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline next week include Terry Steiner, Tamira Mensah-Stock, and Gary Abbott. And that'll be all here on USA Takedown at 1350 ESPN. Our producer is Kira Jones. USA Takedown has been brought to you by Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Here.com, that's here.com forward slash Casper. By Trent Weatherman, by Defense Soap, by Mullet's Restaurant, by Barbarian Apparel, Matt Kullerberg's PBS Landscaping, Paul Szynski and Jimmy Sinclair, Don Boyd and his Five Talents Financial Management Group, Advantage Physical Therapy by Mark Cody, and by each and every one of you and by your friends at the Stalemate channel on YouTube. For all of us, I'm Scott Casper. Thank you for listening to this edition of USA Takedown, only on ESPN.